1: Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
0: This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're listening to 94.9 Main FM and you're with Sarah Vignall. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie research in Australia and we delve into the fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. We go into all sorts of mysterious, weird stuff on this show. Paranormal encounters, UFO sightings, you name it. I have an absolutely enthralling episode planned for you this week. I have Joel joining me to share some of his amazing paranormal experiences. You'll know what I mean when you listen. We're talking spirits, spirits, We're talking crazy, mysterious talking dolls and a powerful little fella, a Junjadi, called Brownie. I couldn't squeeze in the whole chat into an hour, so it's part one this week and part two next week. Listeners, introducing Joel. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie research in Australia and we delve into the fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. We go into all sorts of mysterious, weird stuff, paranormal encounters, UFO sightings, you name it. I have an absolutely enthralling episode planned for you this week, my friends. I have Joel joining me to share some of his amazing paranormal experiences. We're talking spirits, we're talking creepy, mysterious talking dolls, and a powerful little fella, a Junjari, called Brownie. I couldn't squeeze in the whole chat into an hour, but I didn't want to cut any of it out, so... Part one this week. Part two next week. Listeners, here's Joel. So I don't even know where to start. (laughs) So you've got – I'm dying to hear about the Junjadi Spirit Guide, how that happened, but just why don't don't you start from – the beginning of um,
3: what's been going on for you? So briefly, yeah, I'm 42 and I'm from curry Curry in New South Wales. I live in Gladstone, Queensland now. Yeah, when I was younger, I guess I had a few experiences with, with seeing ghosts and all, predominantly ghosts and having bed shakes. And I used to have a, a lot of different kinds of things happen when I was younger. Just actually used to physically see them a lot when I was younger, but they, they would just appear when you weren't expecting it and generally with other people. And my dad told me a lot of stuff too that he's seen, but he would only tell me when he was in the mood to, and then if I quizzed him on it further, he, he would cut it off. But it mm-hmm. sounded like he's had a lot of similar experiences, but he's really shut it down a bit. They seem to believe in it all.
0: You're seeing ghosts as a young kid, right? And you, you're, yeah, you're...
3: yeah, absolutely. I always knew there was ghosts there. I don't know, for some reason, I just...
0: What kind of things were you, were you seeing? Were you seeing...
3: When I was really little, I didn't really notice too much or I can't remember. That's probably more the thing, but I would go on to say, like when I was around 13, the first major thing that happened to me was when I was up in an attic or staying at Batemans Bay and the bed lifted off the floor. So when I was sitting on the bed, the bed started to shake and it started to lift off the floor and then would <laughs> oh <my> drop. God. <laughs> and I didn't know, I couldn't see anything, but and so I held the blanket over my head and this thing was going at it for probably half an hour and I was just totally frozen. And half uh, an
0: was, hour, wow!
3: Yeah, it just wouldn't stop. And um,
0: Wait, what I, were you? So were your parents home? At the, like, was it making a noise? Did you call out to yeah,
3: them? Yeah, it was like no, I never did because I was just so frozen and scared. It was like a two-story townhouse sort of thing, which now, looking at it now, I can see why it was there, because every time we go on holidays, there's generally spirits or activity in houses that we stay at that aren't ours, and it doesn't matter where it is. We can go to a cabin or a motel or anything like that, and we get it all the time. I remember going downstairs, and I remember watching the cricket the next day, and I sort of for some reason I was trying to shut down what happened. I thought, oh yeah, it's time to go to bed again. Um, you know, that night. So I went back upstairs and laid down and I sort of stayed there very still and sort of wasn't really thinking of it too much, but I I can remember being scared like, and yeah, it picked up off the ground again and started to shake again and um, then it dropped again, but then it stopped. And, um, the night after that, I didn't sleep up there anymore. I told mum and dad I wasn't going to go back up there.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. What hey. did that? What did they? Did you give them a reason why you didn't want um, to go back? No,
3: up there? I told I told mum that there was a ghost, like there's something up there, didn't move in the bed, and I I guess it didn't want me to be there.
0: What did she say?
3: She just doesn't. My mum didn't say a real lot. She doesn't have. They don't have too much response. So if I talk to them about paranormal stuff, they don't really. They'll sort of say they believe in it, but then they, she just doesn't say too much. She never was never really that engaging with me as a child. Okay. Um, she was quite, I don't know. They just didn't really want to talk about it. I don't know if you've had that with other people before when you talk to them about, well, it could be yowies or anything. Some people just don't believe it and they change the subject. Yeah. Like um, that's what it was kind of like with my mum and dad, except for every now and then dad would tell me some stuff, but then mum would just say, oh, you're just being silly.
0: So, I, wonder, I wonder if that's because she, she didn't believe or she was frightened to believe.
3: I think frightened because mm-hmm. I think she does believe in it. And I think she believes things happen for a reason as well. Cause we had a couple of tragic deaths in the family a few years ago. So I think she knows things happen for a reason.
0: So you'd been seeing ghosts since you were a kid, since yeah, you were Yeah,
3: so this, I, I can remember, the the second one I remember being in the uh, house at home and there was something next to the bed and it was tapping. And I thought, oh, that's – and I sort of froze then as well. I used to get really scared of them. And probably after that, yeah, we've had a few bizarre things happen in that that house, just like glasses randomly exploding. And remember one night I got home. And I was about, I must have been quite late. I don't know where I'd been. And I'd gone to open the door. And as I put my hand on the door, it clicked it unlocked and then pulled open. So it's just as I went to put my hand on the door, it went click and then pulled back. (laughs) And then I just thought, oh, mum, are you awake? And then she, and then um, opened the door up, went in and looked in the room. Mum was, I said, mum, and she was dead asleep. So it was another one. There's just been so many of them. Probably the one at my friend's house downstairs. There was a lady spirit that walked down the stairs, and um, she was in a purple dress. She had dark hair. Um, couldn't really see her facial features that well, and she was all in purple. And I remember, and as she got to the bottom of the spiral staircase, because this was built underground, this house. It was the under under the the bottom level was actually dug under the ground. So it was quite dark in there. But um, we had the light on still, but still sorta of, I don't know, it there wasn't very a bright light, but we could still clearly see this lady walk down we we're both just both in shock.
0: What kind of dress was it? Was it an old fashioned dress or Yeah, it was model? an old
3: fashion it was an old fashioned one like a purple I don't know what you would call those old fashioned it's like that old mauve colour that used to be popular. Like, yep. um, yep. she was very thin and it was sort of like a, uh, I wouldn't know if, I don't know if I would call it silk, but it was like that really sort of soft material and it, um, like a silk sort of material. And it, yeah, it went right down to her ankles and you could see sort of the scratch around the neck and as she sort of come down the stairs, just totally vanished.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Right. And had, this was at your, at your friend's place.
3: Yeah, we both seen that. Yeah, at my friend's house.
0: And had he
3: had he? Oh, it was me. It was me girlfriend's Oh,
0: so had she seen that figure before?
3: No, she hadn't.
0: Yeah, right. No, and she, and, and that... had she seen? Did she see it after? It was only when you were there that oh, she saw.
3: Oh, well, she no, she never seen it. We both seen it together. Um, we were both downstairs watching TV, I think. And it, where the TV is, the stairs were sort of right next to the TV. So we both had our eyes turned looking on it, sort of off to the left sort of thing. And, um, yeah, she just was in disbelief. But she used to always tell me that she, her nan used to have some, oh, like a walking frame thing. Mm-hmm. And would like, it was quite noisy when she was staying there with them before she died. And they used to hear that when they were downstairs watching TV, they used to hear the walking frame go through the house.
0: Yeah,
3: right, after like but after she'd passed away. Yeah, after she'd
0: passed away, yeah. yeah
3: right. Which is sort of like I guess people would call that clear audience or whatever, or the sounds mm-hmm. they make.
4: Yeah.
3: So yeah, right. that so... was a that was sort of when I knew that it wasn't sort of happened very frequently but back when I was younger, but when it was happening it was very in my face like that. Sort of more more so than now, it's, I've had a few big experiences the last few years, but, um, but that particular experience was probably the best, one of the best visuals I've seen of a spirit. Yeah, that was probably one of the better ones I can remember.
0: I was just going to say, um, did you notice a face or any facial expressions? Um, no, I
3: didn't. We didn't. I didn't notice any facial expression. I just seen the outline of a face. But I have seen my grandfather before, and I've seen his face really, really um, in detail. But this particular one, no.
0: Did you get a, a good vibe or a bad vibe or just neutral? No, I wasn't,
3: I wasn't scared at all.
0: Yeah, right.
3: i just seen it as like, okay, sort of thing. And um, we just spoke about it for a while, and, and I was really – I think I remember at that time I was really sort of interested in psychics and all this sort of stuff. But I never really went to one or did anything for a few years, and then um, – I remember going to see one. Yeah, she sort of still friends to this day. And, um, yeah, she sort of told me a lot of stuff about myself and said, oh, you need to do this, this, this. She sort of, when it was going along more, more around the diet side of things and um, just, like, well-being, and she was just saying, oh, you don't need to really come to me. You can get all these answers yourself sort of thing. But nice. she was really gift, a very gifted channeler yeah. and very – Brutal in what she has to tell you as well. Mm -hmm. So kind-hearted, but with sort of like an iron fist as well. Right, right. Which most are. So, yeah, she used to hint, but she used to write. So she would never think of anything too much, I don't think. She used to just sit there and write everything down. She didn't use tarot cards or nothing. She was just really gifted. Like she would write three or four pages and write all these people's names down, like my cousin's names, and their partners, but it might have been their ex partner. And it was just so much information like all these people that I was about to meet that I hadn't met had them all written out and I was like, and I don't have that bit of paper anymore. I think I lost it, but that sort of all come true. So it was probably when I was um well, probably nineteen I was di I think I was diagnosed with depression back then, but i anxiety but OCD sort of But looking back at it now, I think I was just more having like a dark night of the soul. I tried all these different medications and stuff, and it just kind of – I think through the period when I was on medication, I was still having experiences, which a lot of people say you don't because it sort of shuts down your third eye. Now I was still having experiences. And then um, I would say over those years, yeah, had a – just – Seen, that's right. I've seen a, um, an orb. So when I was with my friend Dave Williams, we'll go on, we're in my old red Polson. and we're we'll going to Newcastle, which is, if you've ever, which you'd probably know the Wadigans. Yeah. So where I grew up at carri was just on, it's not very far away from the Wadigans. Like if you got on a motorbike, you can just ride there in like no time. But um, it's sort of Wakefield sort of backs onto Mount Sugarloaf. That there was a a gnaw, like a red round thing that went across the road, and we both stopped and got out the car because it nearly practically scared us because it wasn't very far away, like it was only probably fifty meters or so, not even that, and it went straight across the front of the car, and it was kind of like turning like a as well. It was very dark, like red orange, and um, we both. I remember him going, what the hell, like, what was that? And we both stopped and got out, and I remember I just had no idea what an orb was back then, like, I hadn't seen one. So I never really knew what it was at all, and he didn't either, and I thought, oh, that's not a UFO, but I didn't really, I just couldn't really explain it. We were both sort of dumbfounded because I think back then the internet wasn't really, I think the internet had only just sort of come on and Sort of thing. So I hadn't really done any research on it, and I remember we just drove off. It wasn't until years later that I'd sort of started to research that a little bit. When I met me, me partner Kristen, because she's had some like ships and stuff come down. She's been abducted.
0: Oh wow!
3: So um. Oh wow, yeah,
0: that'd she, be fascinating. I'd love to talk to her too. That'd be really interesting.
3: So she's yeah, she lived at Moore Park, and they had a like a mothership thing come down
0: more park pr- up in bunder near Bundaberg
4: yeah, yeah oh, Moore Moore park park.
0: beach i i did a I interviewed a woman or a, a couple of girls who had a, a yowie sighting on moor park beach not that long yeah
3: ago. i read I read about that one but i I didn't see it come up on YouTube, but I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I read about the story of it we we were only at moor Park beach a few weeks ago or a month ago, yeah and I was sort of scoping it out, but we sort of went past the old house where the ufo come down she sort of said it was big and like a massive one and then like a little one dropped out under it and she was drawing the next day she was started drawing and channeling and she started doing all these crystal grids and stuff after that if you look at like Kristen's crystal grids on facebook you'll see she does all that through channeling so that's pretty that's pretty full on so she's had a lot of well she's got a lot of stories with ets i never really had oh well I believe I may have had some some experiences when I was younger, but I was I, I couldn't remember. That's what I have sort of come to the conclusion of. Because as I the last couple of years, I've started to see have more th- dealings with ETs more so. Oh,
0: there's all this! I'm, I'm I'm so excited! I can't. There's all these different directions that I want to go in to oh, talk just, to you. <laughs> on, yeah. Oh. We might need we might need to have a series of conversations rather than just. That's the all one. right.
3: But I'm just sort of briefly going through it. And, um, yeah. Getting stuck on it because, um,
0: well, and I can't I, really you know point. what, I'd love to do is to go back maybe in another conversation, maybe later, like to, to go back and really go into these experiences and, and try and dig up as many details as you, as you can remember. Yeah. But we don't need to, we don't need to do that now. Like an overview is, oh, is great well,
3: now. But. Well, the last few years has been the most, yeah, mind blowing. But, oh, um, yeah I'd
0: love it to I'm dying to hear it's about very,
3: it. very it's been very intense but yeah as I was younger going through like I've had a whole heap of different stuff like I've had premonitions and writing got up drawing things of places where i would go and I've had a f- all that sort of thing and th- but they were just sort of coming bits and pieces like I wasn't really meditating I wasn't really I don't think I was really grounded at that stage yeah. I was quite I don't know I think I was got that engineering type mind so I wanted to I uh, I didn't really understand it that much. I sort of was started to do mindfulness and bits and pieces, but but was up here working on the island, and I went back down to Newcastle to live for a while. It was actually, I actually met someone down there in Sydney, and I was living with them for a couple of years. That's sort of at Colo, and he's had he's he's have had a couple of um sightings there as well i've seen and the other one at cat eye near the oh uh, yeah yeah cat
0: eye, and yeah.
3: they were that was those and there's another one just over the side of these Karajong and all those ones were very close to where i was i was um, living at the time and i was spewing that i didn't get to see something but thinking back about it now this definitely would have been good yowie territory there but yeah um i actually drew um drawn all those that house and all the um dam and all that stuff before i went there and, oh really yeah i dreamt about the people Like I'd laid down and then um, I'd sort of go into that theater state and then, um, yeah, it would sort of switch on and I was then like remote viewing or like lucid, like remote viewing Yeah, yeah, and I could see everything. It was probably, oh, that would have been probably about 2013, but I think 2015 when I ended up coming back up here, I met Kristen probably about, oh, maybe about eight months after I come up here, but. I never really – it sort of went quiet for a while. I didn't really have anything. I think I was – again, I wasn't really in that meditative space or anything. It was when I actually moved in with Kristen that the stuff started to happen up here. It was really strange at this house we lived at Tannum. It was – the windows were – would open. Like, I remember laying on the bed one day and the window opened. And uh, Bodie was telling me, like Kristen's son, um, his stepson, he was telling me about – everything that you would see and she was sort of telling me about all these experiences they'd had elsewhere which is another branch of stories but, um yeah it was quite interesting because I'd only just started using pendulums and stuff then and um I think that sort of what sort of opened something doorway up because I was sort of dealing with more sort of lower energetic energetic sort of beings. Yeah, because I remember just laying in the bed one night, and it was like something would start talking in my ear, making um, like really sort of spirit, like um, like really quiet, like, s- s- like um, whisper sounds, and it was full on. And um,
0: could you understand what the whispers were?
3: No, I could. I couldn't understand it because I was only probably a week ago I'd had a healing done by a lady. She was like used to clear houses, and I'd um. Yeah, had a pretty good experience with her because I, I, I travelled when she did the healing on me. Yeah, it right. Was pretty full. I was pretty full on. I ended up calling her and I said, "Oh, I think there's something in this house. Can you come clear it?" And know, uh, she said, "Yeah," because the aircon was turning on and off and baby I never physically seen anything with my eyes, but I could, um, I could sense it. So I started to be able to sense things like the spirits really strongly, like when they were around. I remember. One night we were asleep and we could hear, like, banging in the door and it was, like, a girl in there going, um, oh, Daddy. Um, I know she said, Mummy, like that. And um, we hadn't had Jasmine at that stage, but she was, I think, pregnant with Jasmine. So she got pregnant pretty early on. Like, it's my first kid, I think, when I was, like, 38. So it was quite exciting for me at that stage. Yeah. but in saying that too, like I started to use the pendulums and stuff and I started to get information. I started to learn to talk to, communicate with spirit, getting answers back. And I was got back that she was going to have dark complexion with blue eyes. Um, and then when she was born, yeah, sure enough, she was dark with blue eyes. Oh,
0: beautiful. She'll and be gorgeous. And a,
3: and, and, and a girl as well. So they said, yeah, it was a dark um complexion, blue eyes and a girl. That's what I'd receive back.
0: So What does the, 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 the pendulum do? Because I know you can uh, use they used to call to, it a bit like dowsing, is it? Yeah, or? they
3: used to call it dowsing. Yeah, it's yeah. Pra- practically all it is. But what can happen is if you're not grounded and you start using those sort of things, um, what I mean by that is if you're sort of feeling a bit off and crap or you've been at work a lot and you've been a bit stressed and then if you're a bit confused and you start using them, that's when it can bring things through that you don't want. So you've got to actually be sort of grounded, like in the sense, go for a walk at the beach or, or out of the bush or whatever and barefooted, and then do some deep breathing for like 10 minutes and wait till you calm, and then you can start to use it. Um, that's what I've since learned. I've learned the hard way. Um, so, yeah, I, it just basically would spin right for yes and left for no. i would say my name and my Joel prints. And it'd say yes. It's like I'll just hold it dead still and it'll just start to spin. So I can pretty much pick up any crystal or anything with a rope on it, even if it's metal, and it works. You can sort of go side to side or around you. You can basically command it to answer it how you like. Right. You can either go anti clockwise, you say, I want no to be anti clockwise, and show me which way is yes. And they'll answer, the they'll, responses will come through that way. Right. You can, you can draw things up on a bit of paper. Um, do I buy this car or do I buy this house? <laughs> and then which house do I buy? You can do stuff like that and, and hold it there and it will swing towards which one.
0: Yeah, right. But do you find that and do you find the advice that it's giving you is?
3: Um, accurate. Yeah. Um, I've, had, I've had inaccurate stuff come through when I wasn't crowned and I think that's when I might have had an att- like a demonic attachment or some sort of negative entity around maybe manipulating it. I've also had people tell me that ETs can manipulate. I've, I've heard a lot of different stories, but essentially from what I've learned, as long as you're grounded, it'll pretty much give you accurate advice. Like I've, I've sort of, it was very accurate with Jasmine. So with what come through, everything was true with that. And just there's been quite a few things that's happened and the pen, and basically, my response with the pendulum has always come back as being like spot on. But for instance, as you're feeling really confused and flustered and frustrated and you're know, not grounded, then the response could you could ask the response three times, and get a different answer each time because you're not connected. Yeah. To your higher self, mm-hmm. so you have to be grounded first. That um, my the bloke that I met, who was a healer, he's quadriplegic. He's probably one of the happiest guys I've ever met, to be honest, Nick. <laughs> but um, he's in Ballina and he's done a lot of healing work with me and started to do a lot of training with me. And um, he spent I probably worked with him for a couple of years. But he said to me that, um, like, not to use the pendulum anymore. And he said to feel it, like, inside so you just know. Like, your gut feeling, he said you have to work towards that being stronger.
4: Right.
3: He said because you're being a bit lazy with the pendulum.
4: <laughs>
3: so if you're lazy with the pendulum and you're not grounded that's when the answers come through inaccurate. if you're accurate like if you're grounded the answers will come through better but you'll also know the answer before the pendulum will actually turn right that's when you know that your intuition's coming on stronger so now what i have is my guides will actually grab me on the arm or the left arm or right arm they'll pinch me oh really the, yeah really hard you're so right. if, if so if it's the left arm it's no so if i'm going somewhere and or they say not to do something it'll be I don't need to use the pendulum they'll just grab me and pinch me hard on the left arm or I'll feel like muscles twitching in that arm ah. and then I'll be like okay that's a no I'm not going to do that
0: and so, and you know that so so I guess by using the pendulum you you you've got a spirit guide who's who's guiding you towards a yes or a no or who, who can perhaps foresee
3: I believe it's uh, probably the Handle some more. Your higher self.
0: Ah, okay. So it's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah, someone else. It, it's,
3: it's you. Well, I don't. I don't really. Yeah. Well, your higher self is kind of once you tap into your higher self, it will remember all your past lives and go through all those akashic records, which I haven't really got into that yet. I've only just started to research it a little bit. So the Dol- Dolores Cannon has. Uh huh. Um, yep. I know her. Yeah, I
0: know her work. Yeah. Yep.
3: So she's sort of, when she does her talks to people and um, hypnotise them, she's talking to their higher selves, which is kind of like a, a spirit guide in a sense. Yeah. But I also believe, too, if one of your guides will actually be contact contacting your higher self within, directly to give you the answer, I believe that happens as well. I believe if you're feeling a bit egoic and you're just a bit shut down from it, I believe it can give you the wrong answer. Uh. But sometimes the answer it gives you can be just to be to put you down a path that's a lesson as well, which kind of sucks.
0: <laughs> You're right. <But>, um, <laughs> like, um, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
3: unfortunately, it doesn't, yeah, it's sort of, if you go through your life, you know, and you, you know something's right and has to happen, but you don't want to change it. And then eventually you will spit out. It'll spit you out that direction anyway. Generally, your guides will sort of tell you early on, you've got to go that way. And you'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. But they're sort of going, oh, you're, you've got your own free will, I believe.
0: You're listening to Joel on Yowie Central on 94.9 Main FM.
3: Yeah, we went. We lived in a few houses, and I had some spiritual things occur. Just um, mainly knocks and just getting touched on the back, clear audio, like hearing things. Like we could both hear it, me and Kristen. When we moved into over at because we, we lived in a couple of rentals because my dog, you've probably seen him on the video, he was yeah. qu- quite naughty when he was a puppy.
0: <laughs> Aren't they all? And he used to <laughs> dig
3: in the garden and the um, real estate never liked it so we used to have to move. But we'd end up getting kicked out because of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so we moved a few places but the last place we lived um, before we come here, it was just like that house was just like I've never, never lived anywhere like it. It was insane, like the amount of spiritual activity in that house, like as far as getting scared as well, because um, I knew there was something in there, or we both did because the lights were turning on and off in the house. I remember oh, there's quite quite a few different things that happened, but I remember one night I was laying down. I wasn't actually on the bed. I was on the mattress because the baby was with Kristen in the bed, and I was laying on the mattress next to these... Um, Inbuilt wardrobes, the doors opened up and they just started to open up and slam,
4: mm.
3: like right next to me. And I was just, just like, <sighs> "What the hell?" Like, but at that stage, like we knew there was something there because the lights were turning on and off in the in the house randomly. And um, and I just fit, like absolutely shit myself. She did as well. So I just held the door shut, and then that's when I felt like hand, like a hand, like crawl across my face. Oh. Like, thought, oh, there's something here. So <laughs> we were always saging all the time. Like, I mean, sage, sage, sage. And she was always doing these crystal grids and that to try and – we are trying to pass them over. Um, but then another one would come.
4: Right. And they
3: would just keep – they would just keep coming. And yeah, like I remember sitting in the lounge one night and there was – I heard like this – the mop like sort of flicked over and landed and I turned around and I seen this weird ET being – standing was wasn't sort of like it was still transparent like it was just bleeding through so um i think that's what they call it going from like the 5d to the 3d like Mm -hmm. the different dimensions it's like called bleed through so it was just starting to come through and i could see the outline of it was probably about five foot tall and it was like this weird et looking being i thought oh that that sort of freaked me out so we started to sage straight away again and then um i remember going to bed one night, and um, I could hear the DVD sort of eject in the lounge room just by itself. I thought, oh, that's bizarre. And just as I was walking past, because it was a two-story Queenslander with a wooden floor, um, something just slammed the floor real hard, just like bang, and it just practically shook half the (laughs) – it felt like it sort of shook half the house, and I thought, oh, this thing's angry that we're here or something. So – Yeah. At that stage, I started to get a little bit, um, yeah, I wasn't really sleeping very well. I was sort of doing work with Nick because the medication I was taking was making me sick. In saying that too, a lot of people might say, oh, you've got psychosis or whatever with what you're experiencing, but I was still experiencing when I was taking medication and my partner was there as well and the kids were hearing and seeing things as well all the time. So it was just everyone and the dog as well, like Jasper, could see things. Yeah. So unless it's a yeah. ma-
0: unless it's a mass psychosis, including your dog, it, that's unlikely.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, there was like this toy castle in there playing, um, without, and so I pulled the batteries out of it. That was happening for a couple of weeks, um, in this spare room.
0: Did it stop when know. you pulled the batteries out?
3: No, it kept. It, oh. used, to keep, <laughs> it used to keep working, and oh, then um, creepy,
0: creepy. I
3: think that might have been my cousin that drowned in the bath. But, because when Bodie went in to the room, he come back out and he said, just a little girl said Richardson to me. And I was just like, well, you wouldn't know that name because you don't know that side of my family. Like that's um, my my dad's sister's family. So it was my cousin drowned when she was 42. She uh, up at um, around the back of Maitland in Hunter Valley, like in a creek. Like she just went down to felt the water and she slipped and hit her head and went under. And she drowned. And a couple of years later, like, my little – her sister, um, Jane, my cousin, her daughter had a fit in the bath and she drowned in the bath when she was only eight. Oh,
4: no.
3: So that all – that happened, like, 2014. So that was – like, I'd spoke to Jane a little bit about it, but I hadn't never seen Claire in a dream or anything. And I hadn't – but I'd sensed – I'd seen Millie in the room. That's right, in that house. I'd seen her in the room just up on the – she was sitting on the my partner's, like, jewellery table thing where she's got all mm-hmm. necklaces and that. She was sitting there looking at me. Oh. And that's when I sort of thought, oh, it is Millie. So that was the one playing the castle.
4: Yeah, really? um,
3: so we we end up giving the castle to this other like, – bunch of other there's these ghost investigators up here in gladstone i've never been out i know some of the guys they've asked me to go out with them but i've never been with them they they come around and we're doing some filming and that and that didn't didn't work didn't nothing happened while they were there so he took it away and he said it didn't work but this guy was quite experienced with spirits as well so he wasn't too bad with it um he went then I remember another doll started to talk. I remember when I was getting up to go to work, I had a shower and these switches turned on right in front of me when I was in the bathroom, like the power switches on the wall. I can just remember them just flick on. I thought, oh, there's a spirit. <laughs> and then I heard like the footsteps down the hallway. So I got out, got dressed and went down and then I heard something talking in the lounge room. So I went in there and it was a doll.
4: <laughs> um, and the,
3: the doll didn't even have, it wasn't a talking doll. And I was laughing and giggling, and when I went back into the room, it said, come back out here, Daddy. I was doing that.
0: That is – what did you do? Oh, my God, that is so creepy. Oh,
3: well, at that stage I knew that
0: – Burn the I'd, doll.
3: <laughs> well, I'd sort of been using the pendulums and been communicating and stuff, and Kristen was always doing channeling, so I sort of knew then the house was just active Yeah. with everything. So I'd – no, I took a photo of it, and went to work, and sent it back to her. And she goes, "Oh, that doll doesn't have batteries in it," but it never did it again. But I just remember walking right up to it and listening to the sounds coming out of it. It was like this would have been probably five thirty, but I could just hear it going, talking like a recorder playing. Wow! But it wasn't actually doesn't have the ability to do that.
0: Even even with batteries,
3: it didn't. It's it didn't, not not a battery it, operated not, anything. That's not battery-operated anything. It's just a doll. Yeah, right. That's, that's why I was looking around because we had heaps of battery-operated dolls, as Jasmine was obsessed, you know, like yep. little girls are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was I was looking around for this talking doll thinking, oh, it's probably another one that's been triggered because we took the other one away. But when I – I actually, you know what? I actually thought that this had bat- – I thought it had batteries in it. I just thought, oh, it's just a talking doll. Until I took photos of it and then sent it back to Kristen because she was asleep and I went to work. She texted me back. She said, "No, that doll doesn't. Can't take batteries. It's not a talking doll." <laughs> so I sort of realised then that I thought, "Yeah, there's something in here." So yeah. the oven used to turn on and the oven light used to turn off, and yeah, it was all weird stuff like that. And I remember I was actually just dozing off one night and I started to sort of get into that theta state, something attacked me. So um, I remember, like, grabbing, like, hitting my head sort of thing and scratching my head because something was, like, right in my head. Um, It's hard to describe. It's, like, it was attacking me. Um, I couldn't feel pain or anything, but it was, like, it felt like it was inside me. And at the same time, like, I was actually in a dream, so Jasper started running towards me and then barked at this thing, and then it ran away. But as Jasper got up closer and barking, I woke up, and then um, Jasper was actually barking outside and he was at the back wall, like looking up into the room, bark, 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 like trying to get to me. So that was what happened. There was as we're both sort of on the astrals. He was protecting me on the astrals. But as I woke up, like, into the 3D, he was he was there. Well, first attention is called his different names. He was there as well, like, right next to me barking, trying to get this thing. That was, like, in the dream he actually come right up to me and this thing got scared off. But at the same time he ran up to me, he was at the same time I woke up and he was right at the back window.
0: So your dog's astral travelling with you?
3: Yeah, he's on the, in the dream with me, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's that's so cool. <laughs> So, I love that idea.
3: So that was, um, that was full on. Yeah. Um,
0: Did you so and so you? Do you think it was an attachment trying to? Attach yeah.
3: Itself? Well. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm sort of going with. I later, later worked out there was something because I'd been using the pendulum and I wasn't grounded. It. I got an attachment. Yeah. It was there and it was full on. And I remember it was just all going. I remember also one night I was out the back on the veranda and I must have been looking up at the stars and the, the laundry tub actually started like banging and bouncing around. Like it's not connected to anything mechanically or anything. It just started banging around. I think that must have been a spirit as well because I went up to it and then walked back and then it went bang and it hit again and it made another loud bang. And then at that stage I thought, you know, this is just getting out of control. So we're saging more and more. And it wasn't really doing anything, and Nick was sort of helping me clear stuff. He reckons I was going through an initiation. So All me right. and Kristen both were. So at this stage, um, I think what happened was when I went up to the concert up in uh, Rocky and come back, I seen Xavier Rudd. That was kind of like a shamanic sort of like ritual going to see him. Yeah,
4: that
3: was awesome. I was in like a full on trance. I didn't even realize it because I was right up the front and he was playing all these drums, drums, oh, drums, amazing. drums. Yeah. And it sort of put me in this big meditative state. And I was just like for about three days after that, I was just buzzing that something followed us back from up there because it was in the motel room and that. And when we got home, I remember that morning we got back, I went and laid down the bed. I remember seeing the door open again, that one of the same doors that was banging it opened up. And I could feel the energy of this thing. I started to sort of, uh, I thought, I'm going to sage. So I started to walk towards where I could feel the energy. And as I was sort of going towards it to push it out the house, I opened the door up first so it could get out the front. And then I sort of walked towards where I could feel it with the sage. And then as it got towards the door, the door just slammed right in my face. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, this thing's cranky. Yeah,
0: cranky and doesn't want to leave.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and... um. That's I remember laying in, laying. I must have dozed off and had like a micro sleep, and I seen an um like a noose. At that stage, where we were getting the stage from the lady down at the shop down in Gladstone. I went down and seen her, and I said, oh, "Do you know anyone?" Because I was trying to clear, and I must admit, I was, I just didn't really know what I was doing. I, Kristen sort of said, "Oh, we should get someone else, you know, to come and clear it." But every time we'd get someone in to clear something, it'd always come back. So I always had um people like one of my friends is like a f- devoted Christian and he sort of come in was t- telling me things to say to clear things and I find that would just stir him up more because I I remember just having like crystals and stuff and I'd say I rebuke you in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and I remember like seeing posters on the wall start flickering and like bits of like um crystals and stuff like that jewelry start to vibrate. It was full on.
0: Yeah, sounds um, does sound full on.
3: Yeah. So, anyway, um, this is just sort of all normal to me now. By the way, <laughs> um, um, but anyway, um, I, I contacted, um, the lady down that shop, and I said, "Do you know anyone that does clearings?" And she said, "Yeah, this lady does." So, um, she gave me your name, and I went down there. She said, "Call this lady." So, so, I said, "Yeah, okay." So I rang her up. She was Aboriginal. So she told, started to tell me straight away that um, she goes, yeah, you're obviously like psychic and you need to work on your grounding and all this sort of thing. I'll come round to the house. So she come round and I ended up, ended up working out through using the pendulum that was actually a, a nephew that had hung himself. Mm. And where exactly where he was from, I don't know, his name was Cain and he was only about, 17 i think but he he liked me so he was following me and he was frustrated oh, so yeah. she come around here and she come around and she was a bit spun out by all the crystals and stuff and me using the pendulums and all that and then she goes oh you should get yourself grounded and she told me a few things like that i was like yeah okay and she goes oh i'll come i, was, I said i'll get my partner to come back um with me in a few weeks he'd like to sit down and have a chat to you when they come back around, she actually took Kane with her. So she said, okay, come with me because they go and do their thing um, with the funeral and stuff. She started talking about, oh, he'll hang, hang out with the little fellas. And I was like, what? I didn't know what she was talking about at this stage because I'd really, even though I've got Aboriginal blood, I didn't know what she was talking about because we're from the, Stolen Generation, so I hadn't really been around anyone who told me that stuff. Yeah. And i sort of researched the Bigfoot stuff on and off, but not a great, not hugely, but I'd seen some of the stories. Yeah, I didn't even know that at that stage it was a Junjati, you know, what she was talking about. Yeah, she was talking about this little fella all the time. She, and she said, oh, they've got like six little fellas that stay with them. And I was like, okay. She, and I said, well, what do they do? She said, they're like spirit gods, she said, but um, they protect you if anyone, and keep bad spirits away. She said, but they also, she started to tell me a few other stories, got started getting in depth a little bit, but then stopped. So she ended up leaving, and then they come back probably about three or four weeks later. This fellow was pretty quiet, her husband, husband Aboriginal fella. Yeah, he was basically getting right in depth about it. She was probably more vocal, but they started to tell me about all these stories about their family, how the little fellas over in, of other people and other tribes were making them sick with black magic. The little fellas would go over there and they'd actually pull the spirits out of the body. And then that person would die. She said but they would always warn them first. She said they'd always say, stop attacking us, you know, because they were sending bad energy, making them sick all the time. And they'd always warn them first and said, and then in the end they would just send the little fellas over. So they got really in-depth about a lot of this stuff. And they said, oh, we'll give you some grounding sticks and all that because they seen it as a, a big – it was really – they are really excited that I'd actually contacted them. Someone had actually contacted them and said, oh, there's a spirit in the house and come there. And it was actually their nephew and they'd found him because they didn't know where his spirit was. So they actually found it as very um, – Oh. They were very happy and loving about it mm. sort of thing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that night, uh, when she left, she goes, oh, you'll probably just give you one, a little fella. I was like, oh, yeah, and I wasn't really thinking much about it. That would be pretty cool. And I started to ask all these Aboriginal uh, people that I work with because there was some trainees there. They had like this Indigenous program and they are like apprentices. Some of them were like old, like probably my age that were women I started to ask them questions, and they basically started to tell me. They said, yeah, they go with Aboriginal men, little fella, and they will protect. And she lives out at Kalyipi and she said there was one guy that was staying with her that come down that had one with her. And she said, and he'd been in a fight or some sort of argument with another man that had one, and she said it. they basically couldn't see anything in the house, but these two little fellas got into a scuffle in the house and basically trashed it. And left a hole in the fence. They said there was like a complete hole in the steel fence around the side. Wow. This is just a story. I didn't see any photographs, but I know I'm still friends with her now. She just lives probably about half an hour away, but she told me all about it, and I was like, she goes that's a John and I just thought, oh, I don't think it's the same thing. I think she's talking about something else. She said, no, a little fella's a John I was like, oh, okay. And then um, she goes, be careful. She said, I probably wouldn't accept it. And I was like, oh, okay. But she said, but don't reject their gift. So when they come around, she, the man said, oh, we're going to give you one. His name's Brownie. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect. And they started to talk about all the other names of, and um, their guides. And so we got him, and um, he stayed there with us. And the first night that he was there, I remember laying in bed, and um, just as soon as I sort of drifted off a little bit, like I went into that remote view where I could sort of see around the room, and there he was like flat and right above me, and he was like a little – so obviously he's passed over, but he's a guide. So Nick has been able to channel him really well and like pass a lot of information on to me. But more or less, I believe he's like. Um, if you read some of the shamanic books, they're like a. They've got a. They call them quasi compassionate ethnocentric spirits, and they're like a middle world guide that are sort of attached to the tribe and gifted. There's like middle world spirits, so some of them don't have energy, and some of them have to steal energy like from people. But because he's, because um, he was like a shaman, he he has a lot of energy. So he was really full on early on not so much when I was not when I was there but when I was away Jasmine started to see seen all the time and she started to go wizard man daddy there's a wizard man in the house there's a wizard man like the first the first day he got there she said there was a wizard man so like Jasmine's very psychic like I mean she'll she'll know um, if we get, when we got her a Christmas present, it was all wrapped up and put away. She knew all, what it was and everything before she pointed it out. That's what I'm getting for Christmas. Uh-huh.
0: She pointed
3: it So yeah, anyway, I hope I'm not rambling on too much. No,
0: no, I'm absolutely no. enthralled. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm fascinated. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, that's good. So, what did, what did, um, so
0: just before you go on, so what did, you saw him floating above your bed. What did he look like?
3: Okay. He looked, um, he looked quite skinny. Uh, very skinny, and he's probably around four and a half foot tall. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked very old. So the way that I sort of seen him, I believe, is what he looked like before he died. So he had really sort of – he was very hairy, but the hair had also it was it was black, but it was also – it was black mixed with grey hair. I didn't see any red tinges or anything. I've read some stuff about John juddy has been red tinges. He looked – he didn't look like he, a yowie. would look he looked more human like like a pygmy. He had blue eyes.
0: You reckon it's the spirit of one who's passed away. So it's so a, a real a junjadi meaning a four and a half foot tall hairy being was alive and then passed away.
3: Yes, that's the got my my guide is yeah, he's a he's passed over.
0: But, he, but but he, but there was he was a, a real creature, a flesh and blood creature that we know as the Junjati. Yeah, yeah. Know, and,
3: and 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 Nick, who is um, my, he lives down at Ballina. When I went down to see him, this is this story will be a little bit later on. But he told me that he, when I was actually video chatting with Nick, Nick actually described him just as I'd seen him. He said he's got blue eyes, which means he's very spiritual. Yeah. So I was like, he said, "like passed over." That means very spiritual. I was like, "okay." And he said he's a thousand. He he lived on on the earth a thousand years ago. So wow. I just thought. So I thought, well, I trusted everything that Nick told me because of things that were happening in the house. Just after I got him, well, he stayed, when all this other stuff was happening, I woke up in the um, middle of the night and. I was pretty much that overwhelmed by everything that was happening. It was like a celestial choir playing of of angels in the house. Mm -hmm. So when I got up out of bed, I could hear this music, and I thought, where's that music coming from? So I got up, and I wasn't dreaming. I went out and grabbed a drink of water to try and wake myself up, and it was like the energy was in the house, and it was sort of the, the, the air felt really thick, but it was going like I couldn't understand the language. It was like light language, but it sounded like a choir of, say, 10 or more angels singing. And the energy the energy in the house just felt it just felt absolutely amazing. Like um and it lasted for it must have been about ten minutes. I just stood there listening. Wow. And just feeling it. Yeah. And that, that sort of happened all around the same time. Um so ever since that night I after that I remember seeing him come through again in dreams but he'd always come through as like a younger aboriginal guy with blue eyes or he started to shame he was like shape shifting and shaming he was appearing as like different um beings more or less but the same he didn't look as old i never really seen him so much like 3d as you and like me standing there looking at someone i always seen him with my like through my third eye which is really sucks. I wish you could film it because it's just awesome. Like mm-hmm. the stuff you see with it. Jasmine was always going, dad, there's a wizard man, wizard man, wizard man. So I rang the lady up and said, oh, Jasmine's getting scared. She said, just tell him he can only show himself to her outside the house. So I started to say doing, to I used to just go up and start talking to him like he was there saying, you got to stop. You got to stop doing this. So eventually he calmed down and it stopped. After that, we went – I remember then we were, getting, we were going on a holiday. So this was very, only a few weeks after he was there. And immediately, um, there was always bangs and stuff, I remember. Like I'd start to go to sleep and I'd ask the lady, I said, what does it mean when there's bangs? And she said, oh, that means he's watching, he's protecting, he's banging the, the walls. I was okay. So um, – We went down to Anna Bay and there was something in that house there. It was like a demon or something. It was like an Airbnb. It was like next to like this Aboriginal. I don't know if it was like a graveyard or it was like all like sectioned off and um, it was like a sacred area and you went to go in there. But this house was only like a just up the road from it a little bit. And I don't know if it was linked towards that. But anyway, when we were in this house, there was something in there because it was a big open house and um, I could hear all the switches. Well, me and my partner could hear all the switches turning on and off, but there was no lights turning on and off. But you hear that sound of lights, which makes when it switches on, we could hear that. And I thought, oh, that's spiritual activity straight away. And I could hear things. We could hear something running up and down the stairs really quick. I could hear um, all the bowls in the cupboards, like, I don't know, rattling, like vibrating and rattling. And the oven was turning itself off. The TV was turning itself on and off. This house was just active as, and I don't know if it was just because they followed us from the other house or whether or not it was in there, but I believe that was in there because Kristen said that she could see spirit with a needle in its hand, and um, I could actually feel something jamming a needle into me. Ah. It felt awful. I rang this lady up and I said, I don't really want to say their names just out of, I don't know, respect. Um, this couple. That, That's
0: okay. Um,
3: That's fine. I said, look, there's something here, and I said, I think Brownie might be trying to catch it, or it might be Brownie, or I actually said to her, "I said, look, since Brownie's been here, it's too much. It's just all this intense stuffs happening, and it's just, it's way too much for me. Like, I, I can't, I can't deal with it anymore. And I think I don't know if she took offence to it or not. I've got a feeling that she may. Uh, I don't know if she took offense or not, but um, she basically didn't say anything to react as if she was offended, but they'd give me this gift. So I didn't really want to be disrespectful in, in that. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just telling them what my issues were. But she ended up coming back and saying, "Oh, don't, don't worry. It's not him. It's the demon attachment you have. And I was like, he's trying to catch it, but he's not fast enough on his own. Because um, I could see these gold flashes and stuff in the house. Like, I would see this beam come up and it would turn like gold and then it would just disappear like this like gold light and it would just vanish. Seeing all this weird stuff happen. And um I remember going up to my sister's house because she didn't live far away and I went there with Jazz. When we were just sitting down in the lounge room, she was playing. Like, there was this cupboard in there and it started to rock and Jazzy's going, Daddy, Daddy, Wizard Man, Wizard Man. Jazzy's scared. And um, I was like, oh, shit. So at this stage, this lady had told me we're going to send more of them down. We're going to catch it, this thing. I was like, okay. And um, I remember going out the back and I sat down out there for a bit just to get some fresh air. And then the cupboard out there started to rock. So I think it must have been this demon thing doing that. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went back inside, she said to me, just sit down. She just started texting me and sit still because uh, my husband's here and we're going to send them down. Yeah, they sent him down and I didn't see anything or feel anything at that point. But she just said, okay, they've gone now. We've got him. We've got him. Oh,
0: wow.
4: And,
3: and, he's, really, and he's really fast. Well,
0: they, sent, said, they sent the posse down, the crew.
3: They <laughs> sent the strongest one down to catch back up with Brownie again because they used, used to go in groups to catch. They used to catch spirits in groups more and work together.
0: And that was the fascinating Joel. Stay tuned for part two next week. If you've had an encounter with a Yowie or you've seen a ghost or you've had a scary UFO experience or any other weird stuff, get in touch with me via Central at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. We're out of time this week, folks. Yowie Central will be back next week, same time, same place, on 94.9 Main FM. I'll catch you next week. Stay safe. Taking you out with Parry Grip and his amazing Sasquatch song. (laughs)
1: Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch can't see Under the darkness Behind Be rich, you pretty young thing Better hide the glint of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Here and cry, and howl Looking for someone to
4: disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna
1: crush your soul